On today's show, we're joined by Drew Rosner and Jothan Frakes. Jothan is one of the most experienced individuals in both policy and boardroom side of things in the domain industry, and also the technical aspects. You name a company or an uh, industry in its hottest years, Jothan was there getting things done. Uh, today, we discuss blockchain, domain protection services like Wiley Fish, crypto, digitalization, policy, and at the very end, we do a screen share with Jothan's ratio of time to splain domain versus value. Enjoy the show. Media Options is the industry-leading domain broker specializing in domain acquisitions, high-value domain sales, and domain name consultation. As pioneers and thought leaders on the subject of the domain aftermarket and domain name value, plus through their clear domain acquisition service, Media Options offers startups and established corporations an unparalleled scope of high-value domain options, providing access to domain names and curation technologies not available elsewhere. Media Options believes in the power of a great domain name and is dedicated to helping you obtain yours. Call or email today to put a domain to work for you. FD was built by domain investors to increase your inquiries, sales, and profit. Forget spreadsheets and archived emails. Manage your entire investment portfolio in one place using a secure and completely confidential platform. Learn more at FT.com. That's E-F-T-Y. FT.com. Hey, Sherpa Network. Thanks for joining us today. I'm Tess Diaz, executive producer of DomainSherpa.com. And today we are bringing you a longtime listener, first time caller. Uh, first, let's introduce Andrew Rosner, CEO of Media Options, the domain brokerage firm. Hi, Andrew. How are you doing today? I am excellent. Very glad to be here. Delighted to hear. And uh, I'm really, really excited to introduce Jonathan Frakes. Um, Jonathan, you are always behind the scenes. You have been in the internet since the 90s, um, but you really have a very low profile. And to our audience, we've given Jonathan quite the pep talk that we are demanding some flexing. <laughs> Let me try. Hey, thank you for having me on, uh, Tess and Drew. This is really a, a privilege. I appreciate it a lot. Um, I uh, just uh, really have been excited about what you've done with Sherpa and, and spreading the word and very aligned with, with my thinking. You know, I've, I've uh, uh, you know, spent a long career promoting domain names and, mm -hmm. and uh, really backing the, pro the platform. Uh, domains are like the coolest thing ever. And, you know, it's kind of a legacy uh, to be able to, you know, talk with my kids' schools and teachers and, and say, hey, you know, I was around when there was only, you know, uh, Calm and Net and Org, and now there's all this other stuff. And it's really, uh, you know, kind of grown quite a lot. I mean, when I mm -hmm. started with Domains was 91. And I mean, you could count the comms, I think it was three digits. Yeah, no, sorry, so sorry, six digits. Two, 92 is when it got over a thousand. Yeah. How did you um, come to be involved? Only, How did you come to be involved in the domain space? It that well, hold on. I just want to touch on the early domain days. I was not present, but I am probably the only person that that 
treats domains in some way like a antique, like a collectible. And so I think I have the claim to fame of being the only person with a domain name register from every single year except 85 when, you know, because you only wow. have symbolics. So we've got an 86, 87, 88, 89, 90, 91, 92, all the way up to the present day. Uh, and I think I'm the only person in the world that has that, uh, a, a, a portfolio of every single year. And the oldest one is ksr.com, um, you know, not 90, uh, 88, no, 87. Wow. Uh, 86. Were you born it was, yet? It, it, number 99. Yes, I was born. Okay. I was born. Okay. All right. Um, well, uh, yeah. So if you want to name, uh, there's a domain name. It's nordu.net, N-O-R-D-U.net that came before Symbolics. And in fact, you, you know, there was a time when they just lumped everything into, um, <laughs> I think they were tracking it in Excel uh, at Network Solutions and they upgraded to like Microsoft Access. And, and, you know, when you start to get into tens of thousands of domains as it starts to like ramp up, then you're storing it in, you know, real robust database systems. Yeah. And, and um, you, you know, VeriSign now operating Common Net have built, you know, just the, the most massive uh, resilient system. They were just celebrating like 20 years of uptime, like like yeah. 100% uptime, which is yeah. really remarkable. Really, uh, it's a it's such a gold standard, and totally. uh, you, you know, it's amazing to think of all the commerce and everything that's been built on domain names. Well, imagine, you know, it, it just goes to show what human ingenuity is capable of given the proper incentive. And, you know, there's nothing like a, a, a you know, a, a monopoly contract worth uh, hundreds of millions of dollars to, to, and I don't, I don't say that in a derogatory way in any way whatsoever. I know, I, I think you're right. Side of the I, fence, I support Neuroscience. And I, I, I think it's so silly that anybody believes that that contract would ever be given to anybody else because, 20 years of uptime, it's like, you know, oh, people crying over their domain price going from $8 to eight whatever, right? And then versus 20 years of uptime, right? Oh, oh, oh let me see if I can save you 7% annual increase in your thing or, oh wait, 20 years of uptime. <laughs> you know, it's like well, downside well, never outweighs the upside. Uh, so always outweighs. Let's take it a different angle too. So, I mean, think about, you know, in the early days, this, this caught on because people have trouble, hell, with phone numbers, right? I mean, remember, like, I'm not old enough to remember this, but I, you know, like, I, I talk with people, they remember five-digit phone numbers. And, you know, folks would have to uh, say, like, Quincy 493 or something like that. And that they would use letters to kind of help with a mnemonic way to remember and, you know, so they could dial their friends and stuff. Then you got into seven digit numbers and then you got into, you know, like adding area codes and you've got these 10 digit numbers, um, you know, and, and, and phones became smart where you could have something that would speed dial for you. So you just remember, oh, you just press this button and you can call your relatives. And IP addresses are way more complex than domain, than the, you know, telephone numbers, right? Uh, that's IPv4. Now there's IPv6 because we've run out of IPv4, which are super mm -hmm. complex. I mean, domains uh, make it easier to connect, right? You, you yes. Or to be found. And that's what it's all about is connecting and communicating and making it easy. Uh, so I, I go back. Yes, of course, you know, there's all that and, and what VeriSign's done. But if you think in terms of the success of why people have registered so many domain names, it's because they're so powerful in their utility and benefit to people. Um, 
we have technology like the Zoom that we're on right now and things like that so people can stay connected. Uh, but people are, are like doing digitalization at gunpoint with their jobs. They're taking projects that have been deferred. Um, sometimes people are laid off and they're just like, okay, screw it. I'm going to launch my blog now or I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to work my passion and I'm going to go get the yes. right domain name. And so we've got domains have been accruing in value and interest as a result of all this because of all the utility they deliver, all the, all the ability that they give you to connect with people. And, and in a time like this, it's, it's uh, I mean, I'm grateful that, um, that that's happening because it's in an industry that I'm really passionate about, but it's also able to give people that value and, and utility for, you know, 10 bucks a year or, or 30 bucks a year or whatever you pay. People are actually going out and spending the right amount of money though. They're like, I'm going to do this, but I'm going to do it with the right name. I'm not going to go yeah. out and get like, you know, 50pickles.com or make up some, you know, like that's probably going to be registered with about five minutes of this broadcast. I but guarantee it, you it's already registered. It, it could be, it could be. The, the, the benefit of this though is so amazing. And I've always loved domains because we're just scratching the surface of what you can do with it. I mean, I just yes. say globally distributed network of, uh, of, uh, ability and it's inside of a domain name and we're using it for like websites and, and email and these little sort of dinky little uses but yeah. uh, you can put in geographic locations and you can put in signatures and identity and authentication into these there's just wallets oh this, oh yeah this is a great point Jonathan to establish your credibility as our audience listens sure. um, you have like, the most unique <laughs> and expansive um, histories in this industry. I love um, earlier today, you said you're super technical, but you also speak boardroom. Um, oh yeah, yeah. Well, I've let's, been- Let's go through. So how did you get involved in the internet in the 90s? Well, I was, uh, you know, IT guy. I was an IT guy at, at this company that made sound cards uh, in the, in this, you know, Silicon Valley. Mm -hmm. And we had an email gateway between our, you know, our Microsoft, uh, uh, you know, mail and the internet. And we had a board system where people could download drivers for their sound cards and stuff. You know, it wasn't like it is now today. You'd, you'd buy these expansion things so you could even have sound in your computer and, uh, you know, CD-ROMs. And so people would need to download the drivers. They'd need them to work yeah. with their CD-ROM games and things like that. And this was a really convenient place to set up an FTP site to download drivers. Otherwise, people were, you know, connecting with modems and things. So it was really like early, early on and uh, pre or sort of right at the horizon of when the um, like hypertext was starting to, you know, let you assemble pages and then the the mosaic browser came out and you started mm -hmm. to get into where you could do more with better user interfaces make it easier for to get, for people to connect with their information and i was i was hooked i was like this is great i can go find out information about you know anything i can go visit all these different universities and all these different resources i can make like i can communicate with people on the other side of the world this is, yep. this is just, is that the extent of the vision you had at that time? Yeah, I'm pretty basic. No, I, 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 <laughs> <Liar>. I, 
No, you okay. could see it was going places. I mean, at the time, there were all these disparate, there was AOL and there was CompuServe and all these different services, but you, you literally had to go and connect to each of them individually. Mm -hmm. um, and I, I thought, you know, you know, like I've got this person over here who's on this network, this person over here on this network, and you still can't interconnect and talk and communicate. So I always knew that there would be more ability to cross those networks and be able to talk with each other, yeah. to be able to connect with people and, and do more. Um, we started to see where stores became more and more. At the time I'm talking about, really, it wasn't a commercial internet. In fact, it was almost mm -hmm. frowned on to do commerce. It was, it was more, you know, informational maybe uh, less dot commerce and more dot communist. It's a bad joke, but you know, it's just a little bit more academic and more tech, more yeah. uh, a different place. And I worked um, with a gent who got, um, uh, we were working on security services for pay-per-view video. I'll just say it that way. Mm -hmm. um, so I was writing programs that would go charge a credit card and, um, uh, would open up uh, a port in a Cisco router so that somebody's video client could then, you know, get through and, yep. and it Connect. would check every minute. And if you weren't paid up, then whoop, you're gone. Yeah. Um, and so there was all kinds of technology driving that one of the, one of the gents I worked with there got the delegation for a country code back in 97. And I became a registry guy immediately. So uh, started uh, as Was that CTO. Brian Hartmel by any chance? Yes, it was actually. And what registry was it? What CCTLD? Uh, we ran, it was .cc, it was the Cocos Keeling Islands. And just, just I didn't know that you know Brian. I didn't know that you know I, Brian. I, I, I know Brian, uh, or I knew Brian, um, only because uh, I, I I helped him sell a domain name when I when I first started Media Options as a domain brokerage, and um, you was know, this uh, Authorized.com or uh, yeah 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 and yeah. Uh, uh, he calls me one day right and he says this was I, you know I it was October 2014 or yeah October 2000 not mm -hmm. October 2010 sorry October 2010 Brian Cartmel calls me he says look man you got to buy this thing called Bitcoin and I was like. Bitcoin with Bitcoin. And he starts telling me about Bitcoin. And he's like, you know, it was way over my head. I am the least technical technologist on the planet. And so he's telling me about Bitcoin. I'm like, all right, whatever. You're like, you know, you clearly know what you're talking about. You know, by the way, Brian is one of the smartest people I've ever met. Um, and, uh, you know, telling me all this stuff. And I'm like, all right, you clearly know what you're talking about. I I'm willing to do it. You know, I, I just have no, I don't understand what you're talking about, but I'll do it because I, I, I like to take a shot on people that, you know, are smarter than me. And so, uh, but I couldn't figure out how to do it. And it was really complicated at that time. And it took me like two more years before I actually bought any, but uh, he, Brian Cartmel was the first person who ever told me about Bitcoin, whoever mentioned the word Bitcoin to me and put it on my radar. Well, and, and he, he's the person when I talk about my friend who got me, he's like, it's a thousandth of a dollar or a thousandth of a penny, you know, get a few of these, you know, it's, it's a hundredth of a penny, get a few of these. It's 10th of a penny, get a few of these, you know, every denomination of 12 10. cents, 12 cents when he told me about it. it was 12 yes. Cents. Yes. And, and, uh, you know, 
I just kicked myself. I, I remember thinking, you know, this won't ever take off. This won't fly. How could I possibly, you know, the banks will get in the way of this. The, the government won't like this. And then, yeah. you know, boy, was I wrong. But um, yeah, so Brian, uh, Brian pulled me in. He got the delegation. Uh, uh, he was working with the person who got the delegation for the country code for the Cocos Keeling Islands was .cc. And uh, we were like, all right, let's have some fun. And we set it up and started competing. Uh, we immediately pumped the numbers uh, up to like a couple million. You know, people were thirsty for options and there weren't a lot of options out there. Uh, mm -hmm. WS hadn't launched. I think .to had launched. Um, uh, Tonga had launched, yeah. you know, like 97, 98. Um, and many of the CCTLDs were out there, but they were still very closed off. This one was liberalized at the second level and just, you know, widely available. Mm -hmm. And, you know, before we knew it, we had hundreds of thousands of registrations and, uh, you know, growing this company up. And we built it uh, clear up until about 2000 when we uh, sold it to VeriSign. And then I ended up going to work for VeriSign for uh, about three, four years. How, uh, how many employees were there in the .cc registry um, project? And were you involved in selling it to VeriSign? Or uh, you 25 and yes. Yeah, 25 and yes. Okay. I mean, this just, I, I, nobody was negotiating with VeriSign in these years. I mean, this is incredible. You have a very storied history. So well, then, it was it was kind of Network Solutions and VeriSign still because it was that yeah. was all still uh, you know Mind. playing out. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, ICANN had just formed, so we were going to Marina Del Rey to these ICANN meetings, and um, you know they were still trying to figure out uh, multiple registrars, and, and I mean, this is before anything was really split up, um, and it was. Uh, you know, quite a different time. I mean, you had like the kind of concept around buying a domain was like, I'll buy a com, I'll buy a net. If the com's not taken, okay, I'll get an org if neither of those are available. And we were like the next brand. So it was like, you know, Pepsi, Coke, RC, and we were like, you know, Mr. Pib. You know, it was like the, 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 the extra my, flavor. My boss in the seafood business used to say there's a lot of money to be made in the gutter. <laughs> well, well, I mean, we were actually doing something pretty awesome. So we we actually built this technology. And this is how brilliant you know Brian Brian was. We 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 came up with. Um, I told you I'm technical. So in DNS, you can do all kinds of stuff. And one of the things yeah. that they do is they've got it built so flexible. Um, Paul Macapetras was just you know brilliant in setting all this up. So it'll go through and in um, you can put a wildcard at the end of your entries in your in your uh, DNS records. DNS records, and it'll be like, okay, you didn't find anything else. Okay, then just do this. Yeah. And, and so we did that with .cc, and we built that out um, so that we could. We we noticed in the DNS servers that um, we'd see all this gibberish and stuff coming through, and people would, people wanted to use IDN. People were typing in domains and using keyboards other than our. QWERTY keyboards. There were people trying to do stuff in different languages. And um, so we figured out how to kind of collapse all that together in the early days of IDN and 
without having to plug in any helpers or things like that, let people do domains in like Hebrew and Arabic and Chinese and Japanese. So we did all these patents. Um, and we did uh, uh, a patent where we, um, we could direct uh, domains, like we would block off all the numeric and hyphen domains and we would direct people, like we detected if it was, uh, looked like an ISBN number for a book, we would forward it to that page on Amazon. If it was like a, if it looked like a tracking number for FedEx, we'd shoot it over to FedEx. So you could just type in your domain.cc. If it's a FedEx tracking number, it'll just pop you right to the right page at FedEx. You don't have to navigate around. It was just an immediate pointer into that. And we, we would explore things like downloading the LERC database, which is all the phone switching records. We could track it down to what switch you were on to what telco and we would get you right to the page so you could send an SMS to somebody's phone. So we, we patented all this stuff and, you know, we, and then, you know, VeriSign bought us and, uh, Those patents went into the basement and oh, never got yeah, but taken you can still, I mean, VeriSign's, yeah, they still have these patents. Yeah. They yeah, still yeah. have these patents. So you can look up Brian and Brian and I as inventors on a number of VeriSign's patents. Yeah, so VeriSign started SiteFinder. Well, I guess, you know, I say it's like I'm the guy at Pfizer who invented the heart medication and the guys in marketing figured out it's for more than just, you know, your ticker. Yeah. And so, you know, here's all this advertising and it gets shut down really quick and it, it you know, puts these prohibitions into wildcards and domains now. So, but if you look up the SiteFinder patent, you'll see Brian's in my name among uh, you know a few other inventors and so mm -hmm. uh, uh that's early early evil genius stuff so i worked i worked at verisign though where they bought uh they bought tv around the same time as cc i worked to help them get that kind of into um their sort of centralized platform and so, uh just for anyone listening so they bought dot tv which yep. we all associate with television but yep. it's actually for some random country. Every country in the world got assigned their own, yeah. like the United States got .us, Canada dot .ca, and some random island Tuvalu got Tuvalu. Yep. .tv. So yes. you have the .cc experience, and mm -hmm. now VeriSign is purchasing a different country, um, CCTLD, but it's a super useful, applicable one and very specific. Mm -hmm. So mm -hmm. Back to you, Jonathan. <laughs> so uh, I helped move CC and TV into VeriSign and then uh, stuck around until about 2004 or so. And uh, it, it, at that point, uh, I was like, okay, this was all cool. What do I do next? Uh, and I got a hold of Jay Westerdahl over at Name Intelligence Domain Tools. And uh, we had done at... Uh, at Enoch, we'd done some name suggestion, name spinner stuff. So we had some other patents around name suggestion. Um, and Jay had a name suggestion tool, totally different approach. I started working with him on that and getting some of the who is stuff working and connecting up with people, managing multiple registrars there. And we decided to start the Domain Roundtable, a new conference in the domain space. Uh, you know, Jay had just gotten, he'd just gone to traffic and he was, you know, high on the, the excitement of, you know, getting people together on domains. And I, I love the academic side of it. I was more like, let's get all these different registry people you meet at ICANN and let's get all these other opportunity streams. Let's make it more widely available to people 
that they're not going to get exposed to typically. Let's mash these different crowds mm -hmm. up, get the intellectual property attorneys in here, have them talk with the, uh, you know, the registries and have the registrars talk with the registrants and people who are investing and just get the afternicks and the Sados and everybody together. And uh, so we did that for a couple of years. Uh, I got hired by uh, Oversee.net who run, mm -hmm. uh, you know, they ran um, a huge parking company called uh, Domain Sponsor. And then mm -hmm. we uh, launched a conference called uh, Domain Fest. It was Fest. basically the backbone of this sort of domain investor community because they, you know, ran the conferences, they were the big sponsors, they were the ones throwing the parties, you know, and they were the source of most of the people in the industry's, uh, uh, you know, passive income. Um, yeah, yeah, I mean, you could, you could back then make money on parking and pay-per-click. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, a it's, lot of it. It's, it, there were people making very, very large amounts of money on, on pay-per-click. Yeah, and uh, I met and, you in 06 when mm -hmm. you were, running the, um, the round table. And it was phenomenal to see someone in the industry, really, you've always been a great connector and um, collaborator and seen the need for community. Even, um, you know, no one knew that cash parking was gonna change so much. Actually, I'm curious, did you know? Um, or have any inkling? No. Um, I mean, it was going to naturally optimize, right? I mean, you know, you, you inevitably will see optimization happen in every single uh, business. But um, I don't think that the domain community, from my perspective, speaking to so many investors back then, I don't think it would have survived or retained as many people um, if it hadn't been for your conferences. Because then once they hit wow. problems, and these huge financial changes, you had really laid a foundation to, to prepare for that. Um, so just hats off to you. Uh, okay, so thank you. Next. Thank you. What'd you do next? Uh, uh, well, so we we ended up buying Snap Names and Moniker, mm -hmm. uh, and uh, you know I was helping them kind of find their sea legs inside of the ICANN space. Uh, with with snap names and moniker that introduced you know the live auctions and that that concept. So I was um, I, I don't I can't take credit for you know domain fast or any of these. I mean I was part of a team. Yeah. Of people, right. I mean there was some really amazing people. moniker was Monty and you know the live Monica, auction thing was mostly exactly Monty and then you know but but you were there and and that you know actually you interestingly know, enough but the live auction thing was not Monty. The live really? auction thing, yeah, it was pre-Monty. We, we actually um, got SnapNames Live all set up. And then uh, when we pulled in Moniker, I mean, you know, Monty is just such a natural, charismatic, charming person. Promoter. That, he's the, I mean, he's yeah, I mean, promoter. he immediately steps right up there and he's there side by side with Wayne. Um, yeah, if you look at old videos of stuff, you'll see me, I'm clerk at a lot of those auctions. Like we, mm -hmm. we were building that technology out uh, you know, as we would go in order to work with the SnapDeal platform. So I that was fun. So first of all, I kind of feel like you were at every time at the, the hottest company or place at, in each era. Um, so Oversee was it in those years. And um, you just kind of mentioned in passing the auctions, what was your role in developing the back end? Or um, tell me more about you and the auctions. Not well, 
yeah, sure. Fine. So there, yeah, um, I helped with, I guess, inventory acquisition, and then we would troubleshoot and prototype, and they needed somebody who could really quickly on the fly uh, clerk the auctions and keep track of, uh, you know, we were pro it was like build as you fly kind of stuff with the live auction. Like we'd literally get this, this platform going and we'd need to be able to do stuff on the fly. So I'm technical. I was able to, uh, kind of help, uh, along with the, uh, the, the team of people that were working on the live auction. Interesting. But I knew a lot of the domain investors and I'd be like, Hey, uh, you, you know, we're having this auction. If you'd like to place some inventory, here's how, you know, here's how to do this. The, the thing that that messed me up with is when I, when I um, appraise or estimate domains, I'm usually like appraising for, uh, you know, if you were to put it into auction, what is a good reserve price versus yeah. maybe, you know, like the, the wholesale price or even the, the, you know, the, the retail. price. Yeah. So, you know, what's the depth in the water your hook goes to get the fish, right? And that's, yeah. And I, I, I came up with some unpopular ideas. One of the things that I've always wanted to do was to bring in Michael Winslow from Police Academy, you know, like the sound effects guy. And like when people would bid, be like, make a sound, have him make a sound effect when somebody's bidding. Or if they get up to leave the room, have him you know, like mess with them or, you know, like make it fun and entertaining. And, you know, my, my uh, ideas were not always, you know, the best, right? I mean, really, uh, they wanted to project a very professional um, uh, you know, uh, veneer to that. And so that doesn't, which I get, I, I, I do believe that like plot, the, the, you know, the, the pomp and circumstance, the, the, the flash is not necessary unless you're compensating for a lack of sincere interest, right. Or mm -hmm. sincere incentive or sincere mm -hmm. value, right. You got to, you know, or you're just, there's so much to go around that it's like, you know, let's, let's throw some flash on, on top. But, so, so I'll fast so forward on the stuff to step into you at snap domains, which was the place to go for expired domains. I have a question. When, when did expired domain, like I entered the industry in 06 and expired domain auctions were a thing and snap was all I knew or at the very beginning. What, when did they actually begin? Who set up the first ones? Snap names, uh, started early. I mean, that was, uh, Ray King, even before that, it was um, Michael Arrington. And, uh, yeah, with pool, Michael Arrington had the pool.com. Yeah, and then, there was, uh, there was pool.com. And then ha ha uh, Howard Whiting was doing like, but you know, it wasn't really an auction. He we had like set prices and he was basically the one catching all the names for Frank and for uh, Gary and for, you know, basically everybody, Kevin. Well, Kevin, I think was doing most of his own. So, Jothan, is it fair to say that within the first year of expired domain auctions existing, you were involved in the heart no, of creating no, that? No, then no, what, no, no. I mean, the drop, catching, the drop catching had started and was really becoming a thing uh, even in 2003 into 2004. Okay. And, mm -hmm. uh, you know, I really got into the conferences and, and everything else about 2006. So it had actually matured for a couple of years. Okay. We had, All right. we had a, a robust aftermarket interest in the .ccs though, uh, when we were at the, you know, back before VeriSign acquired, we, there was a lot of interest mm -hmm. in .cc names. And obviously .tv um, had a, a premium pricing model 
not just you know for for initial registration but in renewals renewals yeah and 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 that is actually it's so amazing things go out of style and come back into style and and that's come back uh i don't know how i feel about it but it's come back and uh, you know the um uh, so there's a variety of ways that people will monetize stuff. The snap names and, and the pools and the different drop catching uh, technologies that are out there. Um, I mean, the people who are dominating right now are, are Namebrite and Dropcatch. You know, mm -hmm. it's, it's literally the way it's set up in, is, you know, registrars. Um, it's almost like buying lottery tickets or betting on horses. It's, you know, the more horses you put in the race, the more likely yeah, you'll win. The more likely you are to win. Yeah. It, 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 and, and everything is supposed to be equal. So you just buy more equals and then you, you're not <laughs> right. equal anymore. So yeah, it's like a co-op. You got a co-op and he says, well, I bought out all the other cooperative. I want to get to the meat of our conversation, even okay. though I know we pressured you to really dig in here. And I appreciate that. Um, yeah, sure. So, I think so this established for our audience who doesn't know you. Um, I mean, you've been here since the beginning. Uh, in addition, you know, moniker, I can, Verisign, Minds and Machines. Uh, I mean, there's nowhere you haven't worked. Um, sure. I'm sure <laughs> I'm missing a handful. You co-founded well, NamesCon. Sure, I co-founded NamesCon. Well, I I had um, uh, worked. Uh, with KPMG on evaluating the new top level domains. I had to like drop my industry profile um, to remain, you know, unconflicted and stay out of touch with anybody. So I did a lot of the evaluation technology review with the great team at KPMG, some of the best and brightest. And, um, and then as that concluded, as the new TLDs had been evaluated and they're starting to come out, I was like, I got to do something to reestablish my, my industry profile after being in the bunker for three years. So what do I do? And um, interestingly enough, Domain Fest uh, hadn't materialized, uh, you know, and I get a call from uh, somebody I just love and respect, Richard Lau. He's like, hey, um, you know, I'm, I usually do my water night fundraisers. Where is this conference at? And I'm like, I don't know. It's not seeming to materialize. He's like, well, I'm thinking of getting some people together in Las Vegas. We're going to go and, you know, maybe a hundred people around a pool. And I was like, Oh, Richard, no, 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 no. You're thinking too small. Let's go big. And um, we got Jody Chamberlain, who is like the, the conference goddess. We got, yeah. uh, we got together and we started NamesCon and it just really was the, the planets lined up. The new TLDs were coming out. The no, it was uh, timing the, was perfect. It was, mwah, you know, it was perfect. And the, yeah. the uh, so that week, we ran that until about 2016. Uh, I was like, okay, what do I do? I bought a registrar uh, with some of the proceeds. And so I've been running a registrar myself since then. Uh, I started a conference called Merge. What, what's your registrar? Uh, my registrar is uh, is called Plisk, P-L-I-S-K. It's a horrible name, uh, but it's uh, easy to pronounce. Single, single. Uh, but it's uh, been around for a long time, actually. It's been around for a long time. I bought it from a gent by the name of Paul Goldstone, who people will remember from my Gold Rush. Yeah. And yep. Just a fantastic guy. You know, amazing he had this guy. extra one. He's amazing. Yeah. Um, and so uh, I, I, I run that. 
and uh, you know, started a conference called Merge. I got tapped to be the executive director of the Domain Name Association, which had started up to really like promote just domains in general. Mm-hmm. I, I, you know, here's a, I was fantastic because here I am so excited and passionate about domains. I'm like, yes. It, you know, who were the constituents? Who for DNA? What was the who who who? What was the impetus? Who who was the driving forces there? Well, I, you know, initially, um, I mean, it was, uh, gosh, you know, GoDaddy and, uh, um, gosh, GoDaddy. Uh, well, it was Right Side Donuts, uh, Google, Amazon. Uh, I mean, all the biggies that were like launching TLDs, Minds and Machines, yeah. is in there. Um, uh, Affilius, New Star, all the companies that were, you know, working on launching and harmonizing. Uh, it was like, how do we how do we help people understand that domains can do so much more? There's more out here, uh, you know. Help people understand what's going on, and uh, you know, lots of CCTLDs. Nominet was involved. SIDN. Some of the some of the major CCTLDs were involved. It was about promoting domains. Uh, you know, the the biggest challenge is not not just you know having a focus on .com or, you know, the new TLDs and getting caught up in that, you know, religious war. Yeah. It's more like, you know, domains are freaking amazing, enabling technologies as digital yes. assets. Get them out of the plumbing, you know, and, and help people understand how important they are. Mm-hmm. Yes. When you go to a hotel, you expect that there's going to be electricity. And you notice when the electricity is out. But otherwise, you just kind of expect that it's there working. And domains are like that. You know, people focus on their website or their email, and they, they get really bent out of shape when it's broken. But after they set it up, it's kind of, you know. I, I, you know. Arguably, until consumer tech really, you know, hit the road, right? Like the, the, when the pavement, you know, when the rubber really hit the road with consumer tech, direct to consumer, you know, where people were engaging regularly, um, not necessarily through an app, but maybe it's Amazon.com. Maybe it's, um, you know, any of the other big name, beautiful domain names that have been sort of utilized. Mm-hmm. You know, I think that was sort of the, the beginning of sort of the criticality of these domains seeping into the mainstream. Yeah, I, I totally well, agree with you. So then, you know, we fast forward to today. You are joining us. You've been awake since midnight on an eight-hour oh. call um, with um, with ICANN. I mean, you're just in the room where it happens every, every time. Uh, so at the ICANN meeting today, you mentioned that, you know, with COVID, there's a lot of talk about digitalization industry Absolutely. that are online or booming. Let's talk about that and, and what you're hearing uh, the buzz about all that right now first. Well, people are really, uh, you know, digitalizing at gunpoint. There's a, you know, mad adoption. Um, one, of, one of the things that, that also happens is old vectors, you know, problems and bad actors, people, there's malware and all the mm-hmm. same kind of crap spam emails you get, click this link and, you know, your computer's suddenly gone or whatever. Um, so there's, <laughs> there's always like the, the bad stuff with the good stuff. And yep. there's a narrative out there that is about DNS abuse to kind of, you know, look, there's, uh, when the domain industry goes and registers domains uh, for customers, there are, there's always some certain percentage of bad actors who 
you know, sneak into the mix and do dumb stuff or bad stuff. And so there's tons of registries and registrars that are working really hard to make sure that that, you know, let's keep that from happening. Let's do what mm -hmm. we can. Um, but there's always a fight. Like if I'm a, if I'm a registry or registrar, I'm like the power company, right? Yeah. You don't want to be the arbiter. Yeah. I, I, so if my neighbor is cranking music too loud, I don't go and shut the power grid down. Right. <laughs> you know, you go knock on the door, you try to solve it at the lowest level. And so it's kind of yeah. like this, um, there's content that gets hosted on websites and stuff like that. And then there's the domains that point at it. Right. And people keep trying to draw domains and registries and registrars into solving the problems with the content that ultimately is hosted somewhere. Yeah. So I think interestingly, I think interestingly, the, the antitrust stuff that's happening with Google right now and the pressure on sort of slicing out Chrome browser, uh, I think is going to bring this conversation about DNS abuse to, to a head because I think from my perspective, which is far less informed than yours, um, I feel like that should all just be addressed at the browser level because it's like, you know, you got five browsers that really matter that make up 93% of your whole, you know, ecosystem. And then, you know, so, so let's say you have to deal with a hundred parties, right? Well, mm -hmm. you, it's a lot easier to gain consensus among, you know, and it's not a hundred parties, let's say it's 10, right? It's, a lot easier to gain consensus or in, in, enforce rulings at that layer, at the layer that it directly engages, you know, it's the ultimate gatekeeper between the people that want something and the people that are trying to deliver something on the internet. Mm -hmm. And so I feel like that's where that problem should lie is with the browser, you know, resolve it or don't resolve it. But I don't, yeah, I think that it, I think it's, you're trying, you know, there's a leak in the bedroom. Don't rip out all the pipes. Yeah, yeah. You don't have to have a kill everyone like God sort them out of uh, attitude about yeah. you know problems. Solve it at the lowest possible level. Be elegant about it, right? I mean, if I shut off the whole grid, you see what happens when you shut off the grid in uh, what's the movie Die Hard? You know, Nakatomi yeah. Plaza. You shut off the power grid. They the bad guys want you to shut off the power grid because yeah. then they can open the safe. You know, there's, there's, you don't do that. You try to solve it at the lowest possible level. Anyway, I, I can stuff is all about that. They're talking about the next rounds of when more top level domains might be signed up. Um, What's you know, that? Uh, well, it's always going to be two years from when you ask me right now until it's, you know, it's, it's on a sliding scale. Until like, it's go time. Yeah, it, it's, um, there's a lot to work out. There's a lot of forces that are for, a lot of forces that are against. There's biases, there's, um, look, they learned a lot when they did it the last time in 2012. Uh, and, you know, there's a lot that's been learned in the process and there's a lot that's different. They, there was, you know, the creation of all kinds of systems to support it. A whole group was developed inside of ICANN to support all of this. And now that exists where it didn't. And so the process mm -hmm. is going to be really different. People have learned a lot. So um, what's interesting, you, you know, to touch back maybe on, on blockchain stuff, right? Uh, you know, folks uh, have been setting up uh, all kinds of different namespaces in and around blockchain, you know, kind yeah. of frustrated with the pace of uh, innovation. Uh, yeah, the pace. Well, I mean, I look, I can deliver as a very, very valuable stability uh, and, and resilience and reliance and trust 100%. on domains working and, and absolutely. Um, 
people still, you know, if you're a developer, you don't really engage with ICANN too much. You just, you have your domain and you kind of do your thing, right? It's like the plumbing stuff. You don't worry about that. But there's these new technologies that keep coming out. There's one called Handshake um, that uh, they've got their own kind of root with some software that coexists with the ICANN stuff. And, and I'm going to interrupt again, Jothan. Um, yeah. Just for anyone who's listening to highlight this moment, this is handshake.io, which uh, Mike Carson came on the show. I think it's handshake.org, actually. Oh, so, so, so sorry, there's two sorry. things. There's, there's handshake.org, which is the overall project. And then yeah. uh, Namebase is kind of like the GoDaddy, for lack of a better term, that you can kind of, go interact yeah. with it. They're the only real big commercial registrar, and they're you know they've done a good job to do the nasa nascar bridge between the complex stuff and the you know i can do this yep. and, yeah and uh i'm only used to left turns how am i gonna make this work okay and, click. and so if someone is listening and is piqued by this there's a june 15th domain sherpa with mike carson and we have another one coming out with Steve Webb. Uh, I'm not quite sure what date that's going to be released but just saying that for a bigger picture now uh where where were you at? What were you saying? Oh well, well. So you know, in 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 my role, I'm no longer the the uh, exec director of the Domain Name Association, but I was I always track the ways that people are innovating in domains. I, I still stand by that the, we're just at the the I start agree. of the of the innovation potential that 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 the number the use more. cases. Oh yeah. oh yeah, you can tap so much more out of a domain name. And oh. you're starting to see that with blockchain wallet addresses. I think you touched on that. And, and I think that that's an important thing to think of. Um, blockchain addresses uh, are really long and complex. And there's a big consequence to messing those up. If you're mm -hmm. sending money to a wallet or, or transmitting something to a wallet or agreeing to some contract, if you, if you make a typo, a lot of times that's gone. Like it's, it's gone. You know, that one way. Irreparable. Irreparable. The car went off the cliff. Thelma and yeah. Louise, that was the wrong cliff. Yeah. Right. Well, uh, uh, and if you're like dealing with big enough numbers, in. suddenly, you know, oh, wow. Well, if we had a couple less characters in our domain name, that would have been awfully yeah. nice. Yeah. Well, well, so the wallets are a great, way that you can leverage domain names and point them at mm -hmm. wallet space and there's people developing out the software like um unstoppable domains have done a really good job i think they support like 40 different cryptos i haven't really embraced that one as much um i've embraced handshake a bit more just because it works a little bit more with dns yeah and then there's the ens domains. Well, and it's, exactly so they really kind of built their own route right and yeah. um you know, unstoppable domains, you know, I, I, there's a little bit of both of these things. I, you know, the whole concept of a decentralized DNS is, is very fascinating to me because as, you know, I wear many hats, but as, a, as one of those hats is a domain investor. We have a portfolio of thousands of very valuable domain names that I've spent a lot of money buying and acquiring and maintaining and marketing and, and all that stuff, right, and commercializing. And so um, – I have a very strong vested interest in understanding what does the future of domain names look like and what are the threat vectors. And so I want to play with all of these new, you know, shiny toys. And so I've been playing with them as well. And, and I, I, I look at Handshake and I think I mentioned off, offline before that, um, you know, uh, the anarchist in me loves the fact that they're just saying, all right, open the floodgates. We're going to let everything out. 
and we're going to let people figure it out. And, and, you know, and, and I, I, there's an appeal to that. And um, there's also a force to that, but there's also uh, implications to that down the line when we get into some name collisions that, that we're going to have to see how it works out. Um, the unstoppable model, what I like there is that they're looking further down the road and saying, well, we actually just want to create a sort of registry architecture that is going to ultimately be fully decentralized and will allow the legacy route without conflict to merge in, right? Or, 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 or you know, uh, 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 upgrade, if you will, somewhere down the line after all the red tape has been cut through, if it ever is. Right. And, and, and I like that model for a variety of reasons, just because um, one, you know, I think Handshake promotes way more innovation. Like right? it's like, get this thing out to market, let people play with it, break it. You know, we're going to see people do all kinds of crazy stuff. It's going to be really interesting uh, across a bunch of different fields. So, you know, it's going to set precedence in legal tech, you know, content, you know, distribution, a, a lot of different stuff that's going to come out of that. But it's going to, hit some walls along the way. Yep. Whereas unstoppable, it's like, okay, you know, I don't know if I can ever says, yes, we're going to like, you know, dissolve ourselves, uh, you know, dissolve the need of ourselves and say, we're going to put this all decentralized. I, it's, it's hard to believe. It's hard um, to somewhere in the yeah. middle is probably true. Um, but it is hard, you know, I, I, as, a, as an optimist, and then I'm going to hand this off to you, but like, I, I, I'm optimistic because I, I say, I look at this landscape and I understand, despite not being that technical, I understand the implications of a decentralized architecture. And I think that that's amazing. Um, I think that is a better place to be. I think it's a safer place to be. I think that protects the value of the name space forever. It, it, it makes that value permanent, it, you know, in the same way as, as Bitcoin is, right? Price might fluctuate, but the value of the name space the value of the of the utility is is permanent. It will never go away. So, um, I, I I like that future. I don't know how it ever gets there. Um, you are you know beautifully straddled on both sides of that. W what do you think? What do you think we ever get there? Do you think that the legacy route today ever upgrades into a decentralized way? Not necessarily with either of these two options, just. You know, how does that transfer you know, power work? Um, great. It's a great question, right? And it's a, you know, it's a futurist question. I, I think we'll see that happen, but I think we're going to see more benefits of certain centralization aspects and mm -hmm. decentralization of technology. Like we might see centralized policy, but decentralized technology or vice mm -hmm. versa. Mm -hmm. um, it, it's going to be uh, different layers that that happens on like with um, with DNS now today we've got uh, what is it 13 root servers but they're spread across thousands of instances yeah. and the technology itself finds the closest ones you could theoretically say it's at least distributed but might yes. be on its way to being somewhat decentralized mm -hmm. other than that each 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 zone needs to be at some point, uh, you know, centrally located. So I don't sell two digital assets of the same name to two Absolutely. different parties. That that's a yep. bad 
experience. Although I actually think that's one of the use cases going forward. It's like, you know, you start slicing these things up into, ge you know, putting geofences around them. And it's like the guy in Chicago might see something completely different at attorney.com than the guy in New York and the guy mm -hmm. in Hong Kong and the guy in, you know, Okinawa. That's the source, not only geo, but, but, you know, if you look at one of the biggest places of friction that occur is between the trademark system and domains, because, you know, it's not like you set your browser into airplane mode and united.com does one thing and you, you set up your, your browser into moving company mode and you type united.com and it goes to United moving or some, uh, you know, I could riff on Delta or other, other things. In, in trademarks, there's classes of goods and services where you could have one name be entirely you know, protected in that class or good or services like Delta Airlines and Delta mm -hmm. Faucets, mm -hmm. two totally different classes of goods and services. So you could, you could actually start to segment this, not just by geography, but also in, in, in that type of manner where you're stratifying it in different ways. But yeah, then, then you just have to understand the intent of the search before you present the content, right? Because you, you don't want to add another step to somebody right. like, like if the whole point of the domain is to, you know, create that telepathy, that direct frictionless transfer of an idea, you don't want to say, oh, did you want to get a faucet or did you want to fly to Chicago, right? And then, yeah. you know, click one and then we'll take you to the right place, right? That, yeah. So that's... Yeah. Somehow, somehow that, that, that telepathy will probably be monetized into, you know, okay, let's expand the value of this individual namespace by just monetizing the intent better. Yeah. Well, meanwhile, you know, trademark people can use systems like wileyfish.com or other systems to kind of monitor domains for trademarks mm -hmm. and, um, uh, you know, be, be cognizant of where they're copyright material is at mm -hmm. and that's an important way that that people can at least use to uh, protect their brands on a on a given system that we have now as we yes. get towards the future system you know maybe they'll have multiple brands or we'll be able to stratify you know where people go or how they're doing it uh, mm -hmm. but but right now we've got to deal so with that that's you know but merging together those two those two ideas that we just talked about as we sort of segue but um, let's imagine for a second that the root zone becomes fully decentralized. And I agree with you, there has to be some degree of centralization because you need to have conflict resolution. And there's just some things that free market economics aren't going to resolve, or at least not resolve for the benefit of the greater good. And so even though I am a, you know, a hardcore free market uh, capitalist, uh, you know, there just are things which don't apply. And, um, you know, I, I think uh, I, I just read an article, I think it was in Mises uh, uh, this morning, um, you know, about one of the only justifications for taxes is like, you know, because opting in is sometimes not good enough. And it's like, you know, the original fire um, firemen were private. They were, you know, a private fire station, right? And if you didn't pay your stipend to the fire station, they wouldn't come put out fire at your house. And so what they would do is they'd come and make sure that your fire didn't spread to the neighbor's house, but they'd let your house burn because you didn't pay your stipend. And at some point, you know, that's a very effective stick that motivates people to keep paying 
but it's not necessarily scalable and controllable. And so, um, you know, let's just make everybody pay their little, you know, let's make everybody pay a little bit less. And um, for that, uh, you know, that allows for the development of all these other, you know, resources that create less fires and better tools for stopping them when they do, you know, et cetera, et cetera, right? So it's for the greater good that everybody sort of just, you know, pays that tax, right? And I think it's a, applicable to this. It's, let's imagine for a second a digitally decentralized future, um, but, how, you know, how do you, how does something like a wily fish help brands protect themselves? How do you enforce your rights as a brand? Because, you know, there's two sides of this. You know, you got all these people saying like ultra libertarian, you know, which that's great. I'm all for it, right? Ultra libertarian, open this thing up. I go live. What I do with it is up to me. And, uh, you know, you don't like it. The browser shouldn't resolve it, period, right? And I, I hear that argument. And there's something to be said for it. But there's also a lot of cases where that's not okay. And then, so, and then how do you resolve that, right? And, and how do you, as a brand, protect your rights, which at the end of the day, are, you're, these are property rights, and these are the basis for free market capitalism is property rights. And so there is two very equal arguments on both sides of this um, that need to be addressed. And then this governance mechanism is what bridges that. And... Uh, yeah, it's, I, how do you, how can it's you imagine a way to do all. that? Yeah, it's tough to unpack it all. And there's no perfect answer to any of this. But, um, you, you know, the, part of part of what the, the rationale behind getting all these conferences going and all the things that I've done in my, you know, path has been to help untangle it. Because, you know, once you sit people down and, and like a, a domain owner uh, who unintentionally registered a trademark uh, you know, here's the attorney who's representing that trademark can sit down, they sit down, they have a conversation. The domain owner didn't even know they did this. Um, it's not like, uh, you know, a, a really like thorny mess. They can just sit down and, and say, oh, I didn't even know. What do we do to solve this? And they Except try to that you're ignoring the incentive, right? So sure. the incentive, the parties involved are disincentivized by the system to to have that sit down right because it's not it's, always not 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 always not mm -hmm. always i mean think about this think about this if you're a corporate attorney you're working in a company and that company has 20 different brands your job is not domain enforcement your job and your salary job this is like one th one thing you have to deal with among your your spectrum of other things mm -hmm. if you yes sit down with somebody who owns a domain and have a conversation with them um you know, it's interesting. There's a lot of really emotionally intelligent people in the domain business. It's something, Tess, you, you're amazing at this. But the, the and you too, Drew. The the thing about this is, I, I, say, I have to push back. I'm not sure that that's true, but <laughs> you, Tess, well, for sure, I'm not sure I am. You listen though to to the plight of uh, you know somebody who has to work in enforcing trademarks. And, and you listen to what their journey is, you know, they have, they play whack-a-mole with, you know, all this different brand enforcement and it's like a Hydra's head, you know, you, you finally solve one mm -hmm. and then there's like five more pop up and it's a, it's a, it's really a bad experience for them. And, and, you know, on the domain owner's side, it's like somebody's coming to take my land, you know, there's, and, and when those two people can have a conversation, 
and 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 you know meet eye to eye and at least hear each other and come up with something it happens more often than not and it actually there there's some good resolutions that come from that and you know, I agree. Companies. I've seen it. I've, yeah. I've, I've been the arbiter in the middle of that for many it's companies a spectrum, and brands. I, I agree with you. It is a spectrum. And that, that's a small piece of the spectrum in my experience. Because, Can't fault that. Yeah. You know, it, it, and it's, it's hard to scale that. But, 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 but it's the right idea, right? It's the right, it's the right framework for thinking about what is the framework that is scalable and how to make it you know, how to bake in the, the proper incentives where it, you know, it's not that the lawyers are incentivized to file a DRP because it's the path of least resistance and it just gets them a fixed fee and, you know, they change a few words and, it's, you know, and I'm not implying that anybody's not doing their job because they are. We have incredible domain attorneys, uh, 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 thankfully, uh, and we have incredible, you know, brand protection uh, uh, attorneys and, um, I'm not trying to imply that either of them are, 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 are doing anything wrong um, mm -hmm. or negligent. I, I just think that they're incentivized to follow a certain protocol and think, and getting outside of that box is actually more costly. And that's what I mean by disincentivized, mm -hmm. whether it's time or just headache, or I, I don't know who's going to be other end, other end of this. And it might yeah, be some crazy sure. dude in his mom's basement. Yeah. And you know, so, so you're maybe, saying go, go for what you know, Go for a predictable path rather than yes. the unknown. Yeah. And, and I I've guess seen nine I, out of ten times. I'm blessed, Drew. I'm I'm blessed. You know, I, I, I've met a lot of attorneys who are willing to take that time. And and they're spending they're the ones spending the time in the ICANN process. So maybe I'm you know, I'm a little bit blessed in that I'm meeting people who are willing to kind of lean in and try to sort out and untangle it without applying a kill everyone let God sort them out approach, right? So, you know, that stuff makes its own gravy. I mean, you know, that, that that's always going to be there. There's systems like Wiley Fish or, you know, there's a variety of different products and services to kind of help each side of that equation um, kind of untangle the contention between trademarks and domains. So, so going back to these, uh, you know, crypto-based and blockchain-based uh, applications of domains, um, I think there's some, there's some there there. Um, you mm -hmm. know, I haven't found a technology, maybe ENS domains, maybe a little bit of the, like the wallet factor with mm -hmm. um, Unstoppable. I mm -hmm. like the handshake stuff. You're starting to see applications, you know, emerge for it. So it's really early. Um, and there, there's potentially others, you know. I mean, I've seen, I've seen them come and go. So much. We have so many directions we can take this and so yeah. many things that I'd love to talk to you about. Um, I, I, but I do, I want to ask you a question about what you were just talking about because it's something that really intrigues me and I don't understand the technology behind it at all. And I would love for you to just give me a bio high view. Why can't I on my drew.com, uh, why can't I make drew.com into my wallet? Why can't that be my, my, my wallet today? Well, Is you, that technically feasible today? Uh, sort of. So, okay. I, I mean, you've got the ability to, make a text record with your wallet address in it. Um, you may theoretically use um, DNSSEC so that it's signed and trusted. So you can't have anybody uh, doing any kind of pirate radio broadcast to intervene and send people their wallet. But then it's basically still, it's a billboard as opposed yep. to a pass-through. I want yeah. it to be a pass-through. 
So the folks at ENS domains are actually working on this, where yeah. uh, their system coexists with the ICANN domains, whether it's okay. brew.com or whether it's .art or XYZ or CRED or some of the other yep. uh, TLDs they're working with, uh, like Lux with, with Minds Machines. Um, there's a variety of these where they've got it at the TLD level, where it's, it's uh, the varying different uh, software that talk to their system will be able to leverage those uh, records that are wallet records stored in your domain name. If you go to Porkbun or different registrars, they actually let you manage this stuff directly inside of your uh, uh, .lux or .art or XYZ domains. Mm -hmm. And there's more and more of this, uh, you know, look, registries are trying to innovate. That's, it was the whole philosophy around, uh, you know, the new domains. Yeah. At, at innovation where you can get the wallet working on your second level domain, that's going to be the, I think the magic bullet that really makes, uh, you know, domains that much more valuable and sticky. Right? I mean, it's like, you know, I, I said this in a recent interview that we did that domain names are the last bastion of digital sovereignty. I and agree with you. I think that that is so valuable in and of itself. And I don't think that it's widely understood or recognized. And I think that that alone is like, you know, a lights out use case. It's, it's as you said, okay, I got wallet.drew.com and that's my wallet. And, you know, PayPal's not shutting me down. Nobody, you know, yep. anybody can send me money. Here you go. Through, you know, wallet.true.com or, or what, however the, 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 the record is going to work. Um, or, or your social, why, you know, social.drew.com in, in yeah, you know, 100%. in the nineties, you would have pointed it at Friendster and then you could point it at Orcut. Now you can point it at exactly. Facebook. And, and at Facebook I've goes away. A permanent place to redirect these people. Right? Yeah. It, and they're going to your domain. They're not, clear. you're not, you're not like, I mean, uh, you think about a, three bands in, in the, in the early two thousands that one embraced, you know, like MySpace, another set up their own domain name, another one, you know, maybe they went on to, a, you know, some social media platform that just vanished. The one yeah. who had the domain is the one with permanence. Every time one of these platforms, you're betting all in on a platform. Yeah. Why not just for, for an inexpensive investment, even for a band, even if you're, you know, saltine crackers with ketchup, budget band you know that domain name is that, uh, that much of a difference to you not not just the permanence but i think it's also lost on people the concept of planting a tree right like the best time to plant a tree was 20 years ago then you've got a nice beautiful mature tree today yep. uh the second best time is today because you the moment you plant the seed it just starts growing and it's like wouldn't it be great if you were a band and you're still out there gigging today wouldn't it have been great if you had launched that website in 94 and you've now got a, a, a website that has 26 years of history and traffic and stickiness and, you know, and, 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 and Google love. Right. And yeah, yeah. it's like versus, Oh, you know, over that same period of time, if you were relying on third party platforms, you've gone through at least three iterations of where your band lived and where you connected with your customers and you had to retrain them all over again. And you had to, you know, yeah, it just seems so clumsy, but, but why is it? So, you know, 
I have my own answer to this question, but like, why is that so intuitive to you and I? And why, you know, the answer to me is what, you know, um, the question is, why is it so intuitive and, and, and clear to you and I? And why is it not intuitive and clear to the greater, you know, society yet? And um, I, the answer to my own question is probably something like because it's just easier or cheaper. And then how do we bridge that gap, right? How do we punch the world in the face, which COVID has helped to do, and say, hey, by the way, stop ignoring you know, the last bastion of digital sovereignty. Hmm. I agree with you. And, and we see things like Square, we see WordPress, uh, we see these different uh, Squarespace and Wix and Weebly, all these different platforms that make it easier for somebody to get that, you know, get themselves out there and set that up, yeah. set up their, their, their place. Yes. Uh, email technology is getting easier and easier. G Suite and, and uh, you know, 365, these platforms where people can activate and, you know, manifest and go. Um, under COVID, it's just been, you know, multiplied. I, I, I think it went from, you know, maybe 8% up to almost 40% of domains getting activated when they get registered. Which wow. is, I mean, we're going to see. That's crazy. Yeah, it's 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 amazing. Imagine what that means for the hosting and the email providers. All those well, and the domain stickier. I mean, that much more yeah. sticky. Uh, and when they're activated quickly, you know, it's going to work well. The registries love it because this is the organic use of domains that they really want. And we were talking about bands. I mean, you know, Dot Art did something really fantastic. They're getting into crypto and they're using it for uh, provenance records. And, and I think that's just, yeah, right. I mean, you, you can go and look up, uh, you know, and, and, and see information about that particular exhibit piece, you know, yeah. and, and, and that is something in and of itself where you can have what a great domain. experiment because yeah, yeah. that is, I, I, I've said this a few times now recently in, 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 in different conversations about different topics, but domain names are the only bridge currently uh, until Elon changes that. Uh, but they're currently the only bridge between human communication and the digital environment. And so it makes sense that there would be this digital provenance of a physical asset um, or, or some, some, some way of, of traceable, provable scarcity or yeah. identification yeah. in a digital format. It, bridges over to a physical asset I, I i that's interesting what you're saying i haven't heard that with dot so, so drew utility you seem like really creative you probably like remember like uh i collected vinyl you know in high school i collected school. everything i collected yeah you right know, you name it shells yeah, so, rocks metal you coins know, now domain names well, I mean, you know, so back in the day of vinyl, though, right, you could go and there'd be like a special pressing vinyl and yeah. it would have like, uh, you know, something special about it. Maybe it was pressed on white vinyl or something and it might have had like a signed photograph from the from the artist. And yeah, I, got, I got my original first press Beatles Sergeant Pepper right here. Right. So in the in the era of MP3s, though, how do you like you know, carry that forward. And the thought of like 
you know, NFTs uh, and ERC-721 or, or different. Original master right here, baby, Sergeant Look Pepper. At that. Look at that, right? And, and so, but record that to an MP3, put it online and it can be copied billions of times. Where's the specialness, right? You've got it in your yeah. hand. How do you replicate that in the digital world? Well, ERC721 uh, you know, brings that, right? You can have special experiences. Uh, even totally. if you're coupling it with digital music, you could still have like a little special recorded message to, the, to that person from the artist or other things you could tie to music. I'm so excited about what's, what could happen with the potential is with that music when it comes out. And, well, and when we go to Ready Player One Society, uh, you know, everybody's going to want all these digital trinkets that are physical, man you know, digital sure. manifestations yeah. of physical assets, you know, that maybe they own a share of, right? And now own, because they own a share, one of the benefits of having a share of that physical asset in its digital manifestation is to be able to use it in this weird digital world that you're going to be See, to you, to, now, when, whenever I start to follow like the crypto or the blockchain stuff, people get off in, like we're off in the universe under a fingernail area. It sounds like, you know, we just went to Bonghead, Sylvania. And I think <laughs> that like once we are able to articulate this to people so that they can quickly, yes. you know, like, like have the boardroom conversation where the guys are sitting around and you've got like three minutes, they're ADD. They're not even, they're like AD right? They don't even make it to the second D. They're like, give it to me quick, boy. You know, yeah. and, and you know, you got to like rattle it off. Uh, you know, I think that so rattle physically it off. showing that off. Where's that bridge? Where, where does that bridge? How do we, how do we create that? That the rainbow bridge, bridge is being built, Drew, and it's going to mean different things for different people, right? I, I think that, that the technology for domains is such an enabling and empowering technology that has value now. You can set up email and websites 100%. now today. When you want to set up geolocation spacing, there's there's location records in DNS, man. You can you can put longitude, latitude, altitude into DNS records. You can put signatures and signing and identity uh, in a trusted, secure chain inside a DNS. It's all there. Uh, just tapping the surface, man. I know. It's so exciting. I had an amazing conversation uh, with a woman named Pippa Malgren. Uh, uh, her father is uh, one of the most famous economists uh, living. And, um, and she's a quite accomplished uh, economist herself. Um, and she has a drone company um, that is a, it's an industrial drone company. And I don't even want to really get into what it is because I'll mess it up and do her an injustice. But one of the things that we were talking about is, um, and we were just talking casually, nothing about business, you know, it wasn't a business conversation. And, but we, we were talking about what we're doing and, and, and I was talking about exactly this, that I think the, the utility of a domain name is, we haven't even, we've barely scratched the surface. It's like, we've only taken the low hanging fruit. And she was telling me about what she's doing with these drones. And it's like, okay, you've got a remote mine in Africa, but your headquarters is in Virginia. And you want to know in real time what's going on, uh, you know, on the physical property of that mine. And funny enough, you know, what they call that is digital assets. The digital assets are, you know, the visibility into a particular, you know, square meter of a agricultural field or a mine or, you know, whatever it might be. And, uh, and that can take many shapes for different things. Okay. 
But what was so interesting is when we started talking about how these control mechanisms work. And if you're sitting in Virginia and you're controlling a, a, a drone in, 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 I don't know, uh, Angola, then you, you know, obviously that, that data, that control is passing through the internet. And then ultimately, you know, a domain name could be assigned to that drone and that domain name or a domain name could be assigned to that square meter or that field. And then it can be given coordinates, longitude, latitude, and uh, 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 depth. And then it's like, you just send a drone there. Yeah. And as we automate the whole world into robots and drones and all of this, isn't that pretty obvious? That's what we're going to do, right? Like it, it, it seems like that's the most elegant solution. That sort of should be the, so the, the most obvious solution. Drew, I haven't even gone into messaging or IoT and some of the other, you know, innovation realms that are that are possible with domains. I, I got to tell you, the other thing that just I love about domains is, uh, you know, that it's it's given me the privilege of being able to do what I love and feed my family, you know, and, mm -hmm. you know, I'll, I'll get into innovating and I'll start registering a group of domains that I have, you know, I set it aside for a project I'm going to do. And where else can you like buy tools for your pegboard that somebody comes off the screen off the street and offers you 10x or 40x or 1000x for that tool that you bought on your pegboard? You know, yep. I, I think it's just really cool that that people recognize the benefit of the right domain or multiple domains and that that they hold value like they do and that they uh, they many accrue in value if you pick well. Yes. They, they accrue in value or you build the value. And I, I, I'm and excited so, about domains though. I, I think I'm, I I think I'm, I'm preaching to the choir here, obviously, but. Yeah, you, you're definitely preaching to the converted. Um, you know, I, I, I don't, any, anybody who's been a regular viewer or even if you've seen one episode of this show, I think uh, uh, there's a hundred percent consensus that I've got a lot of enthusiasm around uh, the future of domain names. Um, and, and it's always exciting to find, you know, a kindred spirit who, who sees that same future um, or is cool. excited, even if they see a different future. So, so, you know, is as excited about where we're going. Um, what, where else do we need to go? What else do we need to touch on here? Well, this you know, it's such I, an exciting conversation. Here's I feel the like thing. I just go for I've, hours. I've, I have been up for hours. Like I pushed through yeah. in order to do the ICANN meeting, which is on Hamburg time, which, uh, uh, so I'm coming at you heavily caffeinated and really exhausted. Uh, let's, uh, let's, let's do your ratio of uh, time uh, to explain a domain versus Beautiful. its value. Yeah. Yes? Yeah, just, yeah. So just to um, intro this. I, I was on this this uh, domain social uh, after the NamesCon virtual, um, and uh, uh, Jothan was talking about his his this, this formula that he had created. You know, it, it, very simple visualization of of you know one of the ways of demonstrating whether your domain is valuable or not. And I appreciate this so much because every day I have to explain to people. They send me a domain and they say. Here's this domain I've got, had it 20 years. Here's a seven page PDF explaining why it's valuable. Uh, isn't that aggravating? You know, like, um, I mean, look, I love hearing all about all of these ideas, but after you've been doing this for a while, you really end up um, hearing the same story over and over. And people are super excited about, you know, their domain, they're very passionate about it. Um, and, 
you know, you get to hear the life story about, you know, I, I was having a Chianti this afternoon and I, you know, the sea was- not just for the investors. This is also great for all the um, corporate buyers, startups, et cetera, who don't understand domain name values and aren't gonna get into say, you know, the Rosner equation. Um, so I have this, this uh, your PowerPoint pulled up. Uh, Jothan oh, Frank's yeah. domain name gut check. Simple <laughs> and clinical ways to gauge a domain name's value. Yeah, but, so just yeah. hit F5 on this sucker, man, and, and let's, uh, let's race. Yeah, all right. Value is subjective, but real. Totally, totally. You, you want to read through these points or you want me to? No, I'll just, I'll, I'll explain it. You know, people can read. Yeah. Like, uh, so essentially, domains are very valuable, but, but I think that it depends on, you know, who the registrant is and what their purpose is for the name, mm -hmm. and then who the audience is. Who's that potential buyer? What do they want to do? Um, then High is the best use case. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And Jonathan, just so you know, a lot of our audience just listens, isn't reading. So as you're going, oh, they aren't. Okay. So, so on this slide, on I business. say, yeah. So the the value is totally subjective but real. A domain's sale price ultimately is whatever a buyer is going to pay for it, right? And the value of that domain is always higher than the amount paid. They want to feel they got some extra value out of it, um, mm -hmm. and or or perceive that they can take and turn that into more. And domains, they absolutely will provide a lasting value uh, as some kind of presence and profile, especially those where somebody's paying a little bit more for it because it's that much more mm -hmm. important. Yep, exactly. So the, the, the gut check, the kind of the, the quick pass that I talk about is that the value of a domain name is inversely proportionate to the amount of time that it takes to explain that value to someone. So it's how long before 100%. that person is like, aha, I get it. Genius. So I, yeah, I call it the TTS, the time to splain. And I'm using the uh, I Love Lucy, uh, Ricky Ricardo. You got some splaining to do. So how and, long and does it take? there's this great graph chart you've created that's a giant, you know, starts off super high. Inverse yeah, hockey stick. Yeah, it's your classic long tail diagram, right? Yeah. You start off really peaked and then it just stretches out. Yep. So how much time does it take and how many words does it take? I mean, the best, most valuable domain is one where no words need be spoken. The person yeah. sees the domain, they see the price, they immediately leap on it. That is the best. When you get handed, you know, two bullet points, okay, I'll, you know, it makes sense to me. The ones you don't have to have any explanation as a, as a, as a buyer or somebody seeking a name, that just, that's the one that's really valuable. If you have to receive a dissertation uh, you know, that, that is like 50 pages long that goes into the whole business plan. Not everybody's going to, uh, you know, you, you, you that, just aren't into it. And that translates into your marketing spend because Absolutely. that's where you're explaining. You're, you're, every word you need to say costs you money. Like we know that from, you know, billboards, radio ads, mm -hmm. anything. Every single word you say, every moment it takes you to explain, it costs you money. It costs you conversions. It costs you memory. People can't remember it. If, you know, out here we have this god awful um, air conditioning company from the 1950s and it's called Gettle. And their little jingle is G O E T T L, hard to 
you know, good, I don't know, good for your air conditioner or something, but hard to spell. Like, really? And this, they spend so much money. I mean, that is on the radio all day, every day, test, on every billboard. Yes, the radio that? test, too. The radio test, it sounded like you said ghetto. Yeah. There you have uh, it. Like, uh, like I, I mean, I'm not trying to, I'm not trying to bag on on the, the company, but um, it, you know, it's probably somebody's surname, probably a yeah. highly respected uh, so. person, and and so I don't want to mess with it. But yeah, you need that that jingle or something to but to help somebody get that aha. Brand versus what does it cost for the continued marketing? And this isn't just for and it, now. First of all, I'm in Phoenix, Arizona. Air conditioning companies are making money, but. Um, air conditioning companies aside, whatever your business is, um, that whether you have an established brand that already has some um, equity built into it, or you're starting from scratch, you're looking at, I, I want to see, Jonathan, you create another curve of uh, good domain versus amount of money you need to spend on marketing. Um, oh, you know, I, I think it would be the same graph, honestly. Yeah, right? same. Well, yeah. well, actually, actually, I mean, the uh, the horizontal axis would be how much you have to spend, and the vertical exactly. axis would be, <laughs> Just you know, this maybe the other way. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. But, yeah. But but um, domains are just, you know, the right domain can quickly make sense. And and really, again, I say it's subjective, right? Because sometimes somebody will immediately see the value in it, and and it's important, you know, if you're a person who holds a name and somebody would like a name to be able to succinctly just say, you know, here's the name, here's what I got it for. They may have a whole different idea. Yeah. You know? Yeah. So, but I just love domains because there's, there is this value to them. They, mm -hmm. they, uh, they do seem to hold some value and. Just like land, right? I mean, that, that's the way that I look at it is like, you know, there's this world out there, we operate in it, we build stores, we build homes, we do things, we've got social things like sports, we've got all these different ways that we do you know, use this land, but there's only so much land. Yep. And so, you know, you wanna have a little piece of it because someday you might need it. And, yep. uh, you know, I, I kind of look at the internet like that, like, you know, the internet is obviously far more vast um, but I think going beyond some of the intuitive namespace, you know, then it's like, all right, well, let's go set up a farm on the moon or on Mars, right? It's like, all right, well, we land out of, land out of space on Earth. And, and, and all you're doing is, it doesn't mean that's not viable, but you're just increasing the friction. You're increasing the distance between you and your consumer. Um, and, and this is the turning point, like this has been the Wild West, and now... This, we're at a new moment. Um, Jonathan, I think as we wrap up too, I just think you were born for domains. I think for <laughs> all the people who struggle to remember your name or more than what your sure. name is, how to pronounce it. Sure. I think, um, so your name comes from your parents couldn't agree on Jonathan and Ethan? Yeah, it's a mashup. It's a no. mashup between, well, it's Joshua and Ethan. And Joshua I, and Ethan. Jo I named the my first original hack. Yep. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's a mashup, right? Early well, mashup. I just think you were born to do this. Um, <laughs> so well, I named my son as a reverse tribute to my parents. I, I named my son Joshua Ethan. 
right? To, to like, you know, reverse tribute to the parents. You're such a sweet human being. Um, uh, thank you. For taking the time. I want to ask you energy. one more question before, oh. one more question before we go. Subjective. Sure. Okay. Uh, uh, looking at that graph and, and which I wholeheartedly agree with the print. I mean, it's hard not to, right? It's, it's, it's obvious. That is the value proposition. Give me an order of magnitude valuation on the domain name that is at the absolute, you know, up and to the left of that graph. If you, if it takes you zero seconds to say, aha, if you tell me your domain name and I say, aha, and it's a commercially viable, aha, give me an order of magnitude. What, what, single single word fact, generic comms, single word generic comms. Yeah, single word generic comp, clearly that's what we're talking about here. Short, probably three or four letters. But before we before you answer the question, I just want to preface it with this. We're not necessarily talking about what is the price of trades in today's market, because earlier you mentioned that your valuations are generally dictated at, but you're going to put this in an auction today, what's the reserve price it sells at, okay? At or above. That's not what I'm asking you. What I'm asking you is, given the fact that you and I both agree that we've only scratched the surface on the utility of these domain names. And once it sells, it is, as I say, off the market forever. What is the value? What is the actual value? What is the fully attributed value of the, at least of what we believe, you believe, the full utility of the domain is or will be a decade from now? What is, which decade is a very reasonable business multiple to think in, okay? Um, what is that fully attributed value of the three or four letter bang on, dot com, instant aha? Order of magnitude. Uh, you mean versus what you registered it for? Or, no, or un unhinged overall? from today's prices, unhinged from cost, all of that aside, just if we say voice.com sold for $30 million, that's probably just a half a degree to the right of what I'm talking about in terms of, you know, four letter word. I just think four letter words just are the, are the gold standard. But you well, take I a four letter word, absolute bang on, like a ring, ring.com, for example, ignore that there's a business. So, you know, but, well, so, so there's, a guy, there's a guy by the name of Rick Schwartz, who I respect tremendously. And, and I think he says it the best. I think he says it the best. Um, I always agree with what he says. I don't like the way he says it. Sometimes he's, you know, his delivery is sometimes, you know. Abrasive. Like, uh, can be, uh, but he's, he's actually been so prescient about things. Um, Spot 10 on. years from now, Absolutely. let's say, let's say there was a replacement technology for domains today. You still aren't going to see domains go away in 10 years. I still see no. fax numbers on business cards, right? That's a technology that went away, you know, how long ago? I don't see physical addresses leaving business cards maybe sooner than domains do. Uh, and if you've got an established domain, you're going to keep building it and growing it. If you've got a business that, that is completely tied to that, that uh, left-end pinnacle name, let's call it the premium of the premiums, Mm -hmm. uh, it's going to go up at least a hundred times value. I, mm -hmm. I, I think it's easily going to go up a hundred times value. Now I'm less concerned with the appreciation. I, what I'm, what I'm, what I'm asking is an actual order of magnitude number. It, you know, uh, let's say home.com in my eyes, you know, uh, of commercially viable domains, home.com in my eyes is the most valuable domain 
it does a top three in the world. Art.com actually might be up there as number one for me. But, uh, uh, you know, uh, you know, if we're talking about top five domains in the world, it's going to be subjective. But you take a home.com, ignore what it would sell for today. I don't care about what, what, how much appreciation we're talking about. What is that actually worth? It completely derailed from pricing in the market today. What is? What do you think is the, the value capture of a name like that a decade from now? The commercial capture. Is it a hundred million? Is it a billion dollars? Is I, it ten I think, billion dollars? I, I think is we get we get a little dollars? astray. Sure, Drew. We get a little astray with some of these, you know, like price valuations because sometimes there's a company tied to, you know, what's getting bought and what's built on that domain name, and so I think that's going to have a very heavy impact on that. Like, you know, what is Amazon.com worth? Right. And what is it? Mm -hmm. What was it worth 10 years ago? You know, well, no, hold on. I'm asking it's a, a different business. question. I understand no, what you're but asking. I'm asking a different question. I'm asking about home.com, which for example, has no business, mm -hmm. but it has every single person on earth can easily find multiple uh, commercialization use cases of that name. All of them being very large from home services to real estate, to home development and, and, and building, you know, you name it, right? Uh, senior care. I mean, you're talking endless amounts of massive utility. Drew, if What's I if I if I had these value? answers, I'd be a wealthy man. I'd be like you know, like I, like Drew Rosner wealthy. I I would be <laughs> like, uh, you know, I, 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 that's why I'm so behind the scenes, man. Like, uh, if I could call that in 1995, like I would not have registered Jonathan.com. Right. Right. This is like asking you, do you believe in aliens? That's all. That's what I'm asking. I'm asking you, do you believe? I aliens? believe it'll go up. Are we talking I, about a hundred million? Are we talking about a billion? What's the order of magnitude that we're talking about in terms of value capture from one of these, you know, ultra tier names? I, I mean, yeah, that's you, it. Make that's me guesstimate. I mean. I, well, I think if if you're talking about home.com specifically, I could see like a, let's let's use that as an archetype. But but mm -hmm. this is like the voice.com type of sale. Like ten years from now, what we'll be talking about as the apex predator name sale, right? I could mm -hmm. easily see. I don't think a billion dollars, but I think I think we could see something in the hundred million dollar range. Yeah, for a domain yeah. of, of that quality of that of that caliber. We saw the new TLDs come out, and I think you know you talk about planting trees. I talk about them as young athletes, right? I mean, Calm is Michael Jordan right now, mm -hmm. and you know these new TLDs. Many of them are still you know in the little leagues. Uh, you know they mm -hmm. they're still in their youth though, and we don't get this, the chance to see what they'll manifest into until mm -hmm. you know a decade later. Mm -hmm. So we don't know what we don't know about what those will be. I still don't totally. see anything on seeding come too quickly it's it's possible but unlikely not likely yeah and so one one thing that i saw happen um i've i've not ever deferred from the topic of calm is king people try new tlds and and we did this with my conference uh with merge dot show we also got merge show.com people will still revert to putting a calm on things People may not try new technologies and they may, you know, uh, my, my kids, when they were little, they used to love to run their edges of their blanket, the soft edge of their blanket, because it would help them if they felt uncomfortable or anxious. And people like to run their hands along that 
soothing soft edge of their .com yeah. domain name. They're afraid of change. They want that comfort of the known and the peaceful feeling. So I think com will continue to hold its value. I think we could see stuff in the hundred million um, range. Billion challenges me to say that that'll happen, mm -hmm. uh, but um, you know, it could happen. I guess it yeah. could happen. I, I think it does. I think we see it in billions. I think you, you look at cars.com had a balance sheet you know, valuation of 800 and something, 900 million. I, you know, I, I don't think that's unfair. You know, obviously a lot of that value Build creation it. comes from the business, Build right? It. But, yeah. but it, what, what it demonstrates is, you know, if you take the cars.com business and you move it to bycars.com, is it the same business? Does it have the same value? No. So the difference between the value of the company on bycars.com and cars.com, the difference in those two market caps is the value of that domain. Well, and, you, and, and the spectrum of what it could be. I'll, I'll yeah. leave you with this one thing. You know how I talked to you about the, 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 that curve and how quickly yeah. somebody sees you know, that value. Um, and I talked about digitalization and how people are getting excited about stuff. People get excited about a name immediately. You know when they get really, really excited is when they're in the middle of learning about what they can do with a domain name. And, and yeah. some of the most interesting conversations I've had is where I'm showing people Zapier automation or how to just set something up in WordPress, how to establish hosting on AWS or Azure or Google Cloud. Um, when, when you've got somebody who's into developing and they start to, the light bulb starts to come on, it's like they just, they, they're like, oh my goodness, I can do all of these things with a domain name. I'm super excited about it. It's, it's, there's that activation moment. And I, and I think that building it, they see how they're going to build the value of that domain name and how it's going to yeah. become more, it's going to accrue value. I just even but, like seeing my face and Drew's face as you're saying that our smile is as big as seeing a brand new baby. I mean, <laughs> just the excitement and the newness that is still yet to come. Um, well, we, we all believe this and I think people are starting to catch wind of it. Like it's because mm -hmm. the domains are coming out of the plumbing. Uh, you know, yeah. hopefully we'll be seeing people, uh, you know, uh, using domains as an asset class, a yeah. whole asset mm -hmm. class on its own. I think yeah. we'll, we'll get there. And that's where your, your, you know, hundreds of millions of dollars domain is. That's, yeah. that's yeah. the, that's the Apple stock, you know? Yes. Thank you yes. so much, Jotham, not only for joining us, but, you know, eight hours with ICANN, everything you do for the industry is phenomenal. I hope you will be a regular on the show. I um, so appreciate you. Oh, um, thank you, Tess. Thank you. You know, the, this is a really important show. Uh, Domain Sherpa is a real staple. So many people learn so much and get so much from Drew. Tess, thank you for uh, keeping it going. It's really like a treat. It. All right. We'll see you next time then. Bye. Thanks, brother. Bye.